All right, I have an idea so that we can kind of get all on the same page here to start this episode off. And that is, if I had to sit down with you and I'd ask you a question, and it was, this was the question that I needed to know so that you could have your dream job. This is a job interview. You get to have your dream job. You work the hours you want. You get the pay you want. You have everything you want to do, but it's your dream job. And I say to you, and I say, describe yourself in three words. And I'm, I'm the person who's interviewing you. I'm your employer. You would come up with three words that, eh, they might be true and actual accurate representation of you, but you might exaggerate a little bit. Like maybe, maybe you know that time management is a necessity to get the job that you need, but you know you're not the greatest at it. So you say, I'm good at time management. And you're just like, I just will have to get better because I really want this job. But then I had to say, I turned around and I said, okay. Now, tell me three words that other people would describe you as. And you'll think of three things. And most of the time... Why is it that when we think of the things that people would say about us, they tend to be negative, you know? Like, instead of saying caring, loving, passionate, it's like, um, kind of sarcastic, uh, late to different things, and not, not really dedicated, Right? We come up with things that maybe not be the greatest things to say about us. Why, why is it that we say negative things about ourselves? It's because, it's because we view ourselves negatively. Our perspective towards our own self is negative. Even if people might not see us as negative. And so you're immediately thinking, okay, he's talking about perspective, so he's talking about how do I view people, he's looking at, you know, if I had to say stuff about people, would I talk them down or would I build them up? Actually, no, I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about your own self-image. How do you view yourself? Because I think you would find that a lot of the times the way we view ourselves is not of a biblical sense. Because, see... We view ourselves as insignificant, unworthy, and why would God give us time? God does not view us as this. God says he views us as beautiful, perfect, fearfully and wonderfully made, and a child. He sees us as his children, and he desires for us to join him in paradise. But he also recognizes that to do these things and for us to make it to these things, we have to have certain aspects. We have to recognize who he is, accept who he is, revere who he is. We have to love him. We have to trust him. We have to believe in him. And it's hard. And you think that it's a long process. This is the this is the beautiful thing. You think that it's something that's going to take a long time. And the thing is, it takes a long time in life to get to a position of just fully, in all aspects of life, trusting 
in God, believing in God, and giving it all to God. It's really, it's not like it's an easy thing to do, but they never say it's going to be easy. God only says that the yoke will be light. He doesn't say that the journey won't be hard. I mean, Jesus' journey was hard, and he says to live like Christ. Jesus had it rough, dude, but it was worth it. It was, a, it was a noble cause. It was worth the fight. It was amazing journey. And me and you are able to breathe in because of it. And whenever you're like, well, how do you know it's not a long cause? Because it sounds like there's all of these different steps. And you have to do this and then do this and then do this. It's not like that at all. And, and if you want evidence of that, when you find that Jesus was hanging on the cross, there was a criminal next to him that was trying to get him to, if you really are who you are, get down off the cross, blah, blah, blah. And then you have a criminal on the other side of Jesus that says, do you not see who this is? Do you not recognize who this is? How dare you? Like, this is the guy. This is this is the son of God. This is Jesus. This is him. And you're talking to him like that. And you're treating him like that. How dare you? This is the new Christopher translation that I'm giving you here. And then Jesus obviously responds and he goes, You will be with me in paradise. To that one that recognized who Jesus was, that showed him love, showed him trust, and believed in him. Look what happened. And so it's important that you see that, like, you don't want to wait to the last minute because you don't know when that last minute is, but you find that you just need to trust him with it, believe him, and love him, and these things are going to fall into place. I digress. Getting back on on the topic of viewing yourself from the perspective of God and seeing yourself in a light of worthiness and a light of love and compassion that God has towards us, you need to view yourself not from the position of the world. And what I mean by this is like when I, when I think of day-to-day life on a on a day-to-day life scale, like when I'm going throughout my days and I'm just going to class or I'm or I'm just going like through the weekend and I'm not thinking anything about what I'm doing. I just throw on clothes. Like I literally will do laundry and then I'll throw on the same pants and the same shirts I wear all the time. Sometimes they might be a little wrinkly. I'll just roll with it. Whatever. But then there's the times where I actually go pick out an outfit. And when I go pick out an outfit, it's like, for example, on like Sunday when I'm going to church, I'll wear something maybe a little bit more of like a nicer outfit. And it's not because you have to wear the nicest clothes you own to church. It's just because I want to look better on Sunday. Like, I, I want to put in more effort on that day and, and have a better appearance. And also, on Sundays, I don't wear hats, so I always end up having to do my hair. Other days of the week, I usually wear a hat, so I don't even care. Um, or, like, I'm going to, like, a wedding, and so I need to find out an outfit to wear. So I have to go look through my closet and go, okay, that's this outfit I should wear. But whenever I put on these outfits, I do something that I don't do on a day-to-day basis. There's a mirror that hangs in my room. There's like a mirror in my bathroom that I look at every day. And that is a mirror that I'm brushing my teeth, I look up, and it's right there over the sink. But then there's another mirror that's in my room that's a tall mirror. And it's like a, I don't know, four by one. So it's like four feet long, one feet wide. One feet wide. One foot wide. It's just like a mirror on the wall. And it's 
positioned so that I can look into that mirror and I can see my full body and I can see how people see me. And what that mirror allows for me to do is it allows for me to look at the perspective of another person viewing me and go, hmm, these pants used to fit better. Hmm, those shoes, eh, they're not the best with this outfit. I need to wear different shoes. Or, man, these pants, from my perspective, looking straight down, looked fine, but when I look at them in that mirror, they're kind of high waters. They're a lot shorter than I thought they were. I didn't realize I had grown. Or, huh, there's a stain on these. I didn't even realize there was a stain. So that allows for you to see a perspective of another person looking at you. But what you'll find whenever you look in the mirror is nine times out of ten, you look at yourself negatively. You're like, huh, that doesn't look as good as I thought it would look. You never look at it and go, yeah, not too bad. And you walk out, right? You never look at yourself like that. And it's because we've trained ourselves to look at the negative. We've trained ourselves to look at the flaws, the imperfections, the things that we need to improve. Not see ourselves as, man, these areas are awesome, amazing, good, encouraging, golly, God made me amazing. And immediately you're like, man, you're so, you're so, you know proud of yourself and you really look at yourself great no because trust me i'm not looking at myself going man what a stud like no i'm not doing that i just am saying when you look at yourself it's important that you look at yourself from the perspective of how god views you and what god views you as is worthy and the evidence of this is you find in luke 15 whenever jesus is talking about the parable of the lost sheep you have this man who has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away So he stops what he's doing, and he goes and finds that one, brings them together, and then what it says is he rejoices. He rejoices at what he has found. He's found the one, and he doesn't just stop there. Like He calls together people, and he's like, hey, rejoice with me, for I found the sheep that was lost. And then it says, just the same way that this would happen, it's the same way in heaven when one sinner repents. And when you think of this, and you think of this, this contrast, you might, you might go, I kind of find that a little odd. Because if I have a hundred of something, and I lose one of them, I'm not going to f- go up in arms about it. But that's probably because you've never had sheep, right? You've never watched sheep, so you've never really had sheep. Because it doesn't have that much value to you. You're like, man, I don't, I don't know how much a sheep cost. I don't know if it's like the 99 are, are going to really miss the one, and so I really need the one. I mean, I have 99 sheep. I've kind of got a lot. What does it matter if I don't have the one? You just don't understand the, the reality there. So Jesus then follows it up with another thing, and he talks about the pair of the lost coin. So basically money. And then immediately you're like, okay, yeah, nah, brother, I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. I'm listening because it's money. That has value. I can see it. And so you have this woman who only has 10 coins. And she loses the one coin. So now she's down to nine. She had 10. Now she's at, she lost nine. I mean, shoot. She has 10 She lost one, now she only has nine. So then she moves the lamp and sweeps the house and seeks diligently until she finds it. And then she finds it and she calls together her friends and says, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, God, there will be angels rejoicing when one sinner repents. 
See, what this is talking about and why this is important and why you've got to start looking at your life like this is because you're viewing yourself not as a sheep or not as a coin and not being desired. You're viewing yourself as insignificant and unworthy. You're viewing yourself like this. I was working on um, building a frame recently out of wood, and I was using screws. And when I was building this frame, I was... I had a box of screws. Torx bit, three by nine screws. And I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm using them and I drop one of them. And it was black. And I dropped it on dirt. And I immediately looked down and I was like, where did it go? Like, I, oh shoot, I just lost a screw. Where did this, where did the screw go? And then I was like, you know what? I can't see it anywhere. I'm backing up and I'm looking I'm looking all around and I just can't find it. And I look at this box over here of another 75 screws and I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? I'll just grab one of those." And I just kept going. Not thinking anything of that one screw. And if it turns up, it turns up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, I would want it to turn up because I would hate to not get it and then, you know, run over it and it cause a flat tire for me or for somebody else, but you know what? It's not that significant. It's just a screw. It's not like I dropped my wallet or my phone. I dropped my phone. I got to stop. Where is my phone? Some of us need to start viewing ourselves as God views us, and that is worthy of finding. Because a lot of us you're looking at your life, you're looking at yourself, and you're viewing yourself, and you're saying, what can I do in the kingdom of heaven? What, what possibly am I supposed to do? I didn't grow up in the church. I don't read my Bible like I should. I don't even know how to pray. Why in the world would God use me? You're viewing yourself unworthy. View yourself worthy. Realize that there is not a sinner, no, not one, that is not worthy of being saved or capable of being saved. God takes every man, woman, child, every single person, and gives them the opportunity to accept Him and have the free gift of salvation. And when you say, I'm too far gone, I highly doubt it. Actually, I don't highly doubt it. I know you're not. Because there was a man in the Bible, actually, who's become renowned. I mean, he wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. His name's Paul, the Apostle Paul. And Paul was a persecutor. Paul literally went around killing Christians, persecuting Christians. Put them in jail, locked them away, had them killed, had them put into exile. All like literally, Paul was the anti-Christian. He did not like Christians. It was his job to seek them out and find them, so that they could be persecuted. Paul, on the road to Damascus, is hit with a beam of light that knocks him to the ground and blinds him. This beam of light comes from God the Father and and, and Jesus. And it says, and Jesus is saying to him, he's like, Paul, why do you persecute me? Persecute my people. Paul, 
stop. That's not, you know, once again, New Christopher translation. But Paul then becomes the epitome of what it means to be a Christian. He lays down his old life, completely 180s, and starts living for Christ. Going to other churches, going to other believers, and giving them advice, and be living life with them, and sharing what God has revealed to them, and showing them love, compassion, truth, and honesty. Becomes a servant, and lives not for himself, but lives for God. And Paul probably wanted to look at himself and go, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of this. I don't deserve this. But God chose him. And God chooses every single one of us as worthy of his salvation. And that when he took on the cross, and he took the steps up to Calvary, when he took the blood poured out of him, when he took the whippings, the beatings, the, the ridiculing, all of it, he took it for you. And I hope that you will take an opportunity today to view yourself and go read Luke 15 and see that God wants you. Because this whole Luke 15 started with Pharisees grumbling over Jesus eating with sinners and saying, why would he eat with them? And it's because Jesus spends his time and seeks out the lost. And maybe you're lost. And maybe you have given your life to Christ before, but you need to reevaluate. Jesus is waiting. He's knocking at the door. Anyway, I hope you all have enjoyed today's episode. I will catch you on the next one. Peace.